we are all natural-born storytellers, whether you think of yourself that way or not. The stories that mold and shape our lives oftentimes become foundational parts of our growth, healing, and even generational experiences. Welcome to Awaken Your Soul Sunday, a storytelling series that share the moments of awakening, trials and tribulations, truth, and vulnerability in the words and voice of the featured storyteller. And now, a life-changing story from this week's guest. Hi, my name is Brienne Davis. I've been a working actress for 20 years in Los Angeles. I am also an author. I just wrote my first novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, that hit bestseller the first weekend. It was out and still on bestseller, but that's the shocker. I am a sex and love addict, a recovering sex and love addict for 11 years now. And being in Hollywood and (laughs) having this addiction is a mind trip. It was a gnarly ride to get on the other side to be in recovery. So I guess when I start talking, I always want to talk about why I decided to come out. Well, what happened is a a decade into my recovery of sex and love addiction, in my program, 12-step program in Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, there was so many young people coming in, you know, in 19, 20, 21, struggling, struggling with intimacy and connection in this social media world where everything was swipe left, swipe right, perfect filters, perfectionism, finding the person that complete you, blah, 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 soulmates. And I remember growing up like that and there was no outlet for me to understand that's not what a real healthy relationship looks like. So when a decade came in my recovery, I, you know, my husband, you know, pretty much pressured me to write. He said there was this 90 day novel class and I should take it. And I was looking at him like he was crazy going, what are you talking about? I am dyslexic. I have ADHD. I am an actress. Give me the dialogue. I don't want to be responsible for the dialogue or the lines. But he kept mentioning it and dropping hints and all that stuff. And I said, fine, I'll take it after the sixth time he mentioned it. And I wrote the first draft of Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict in 45 days. It was like something bigger than me, this higher power God was directing me because like I said, I never wanted to be a writer. I have a learning disability. I have a career for 20 years. You know, I'm not a household name, but I have been working and I support myself working uh, as an actor in Hollywood. And, but the book just came out of me. And it first was a memoir based on my experience in Hollywood and having a sex and love addiction and a very sex filled environment, you know, intrigue and flirting and becoming other characters and never being yourself. So while I was rewriting it with my editor, all these other stories started popping in my head, other people's experiences, my, you know, my journey, then dreams I I was having, and it became something else. It became this other woman. And I remember sitting there trying to rewrite. And this song on Pandora came on rocks and, you know, by the police, you don't have to put on your red light. And I was like, that's her name. It's Roxanne. Anybody can be Roxanne. Anybody can reach outside of themselves to find, you know, 
there to fill that need, that empty hole we have inside, whether it's shopping, eating, flirting with somebody, cheating on your lover, having multiple partners, you know, having careers, being a workaholic, going on Instagram way too much because we're bored or feeling So her name came and I just went with that and I just let my guides, my spirit guides or whatever you want to call it, guide me. And that's how the book came about. And I really wrote it for a younger generation to see that they are not alone. We all have trouble with intimacy. I think society these days and age have an unrealistic expectation of what a healthy relationship looks like marriage, you know, having a partner, what they, what they fill in your life. Because I always thought from a very young age that romance, you know, you always had the butterflies. You all, I was in love with falling in love and I've been chasing that high ever since I've been chasing the butterflies, the, the excitement, the passion, the drama. And now I see it's really affecting more and more people. This is an epidemic where people, you know, divorce very easily, uh, get married before they know somebody, all those things. So that's why I spoke out and giving a faith, a woman, because it's usually men that come out as sex and love addicts or sex addicts after they're cheated and they get caught. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. It's not just men that have this problem. In my program, it's 50% women, 50% men. And We all are looking for people like unavailable people, cheating, one night stands, you know, all those things we do to feel important, high, attractive. So yeah, that's why I wrote the book. I was never planning on coming out. I was fine just in my small community. Well, it's not very small anymore. It's huge. You know, there's meetings all over the world. If you go on Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, there's about 1,600 meetings, 1,800 meetings in the U.S. And then there's, you know, the biggest community is in Los Angeles. Then it's New York and London in Sydney, Australia. But they're everywhere. I mean, my sponsee just went to a meeting In Bali, in Bali, there was a sex and love addict meeting. And listen, when you listen to me right now, I am not saying that you have to be in a 12-step program if you find yourself going back to an unavailable partner or cheating on your partner or bouncing from relationship to relationship to relationship. Sometimes people use therapy. Sometimes people use small groups. Sometimes people use 12-step groups. This is just what worked for me. So coming out saying, hey, I didn't get caught cheating. I have cheated. I've been a cheater and a liar and a thief pretty much my entire life just to get my needs felt met. And I used people constantly to make me feel better. Like I would call a girlfriend and say, hey, I've had a bad day. And I'd leave them trapped on the phone for 20 minutes. And if they didn't make me feel better, I'd hang up with them and then call another friend. And it was like, I did that over and over again. I was using people in my life to make me feel better, to fix me, to tell me I was good enough because inside I felt so lost. I felt so, you know, unworthy. I was afraid of abandonment. I was afraid of getting hurt. I was afraid of intimacy. So all those things affected my addiction. And I just realized I had this bottoming out moment. I was on location shooting a movie 
and a mentor of mine just died. I had my boyfriend at home who I lived with and I loved him as much as I could love somebody. He was, you know, I always say if he, I wasn't with him, I'd want to be his best friend. Like he was a really good person. And I knew that. And he brought out the best in me, but on location, I found out my mentor died and I was about to act out again. I was about to cheat on my partner once again. And it was with someone I didn't even like. I didn't even, he was rude to waiters. And it was just like, I was in my hotel room in the middle of the night going, am I going to do this again? Am I going to keep bouncing from relationship to relationship, cheating, because I'm trying to find that person that always gives me that high, that always gives me that first love feeling, the first touch, the first kiss, the first hand holding, the first intercourse, whatever you want to call it. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be 70 or 80 on my deathbed being like, I was never fully connected to another human being on this planet. I was never fully available. And so I called a friend and she hooked me up with her therapist and I went and saw her therapist when I got back and I told her everything that was going on. And she said two things to me. She said, the first thing, you pick the worst career for your addiction, Hollywood. Got it. I totally know because I go now and everybody I see is like sex and love addicts. Um, and then the second, well, the second thing she said was, and you wear the mask of my other client that's a high class prostitute. And I was like, what? I have never had a one night stand. I've never been paid for sex. Like, I haven't had multiple, I haven't had a ton of partners. Like I am not, I have, you can count them on two fingers, how many people I've slept with in my lifetime. So I was like really pissed off when she told me that. But then she said, you're a sex and love addict. And I was like, what? I thought that's a guy thing. You know, I thought sex addict is a guy thing. Someone that's like addicted to porn or masturbation or one night stands or, you know, massage parlors and all that stuff. And she's like, no. And she pulled out these 40 questions. You can go on now. It's called 40 self-diagnosed questions of sex and love addiction. And it's yes or no questions. It's like, do you look for someone to fix you? Are you always always trying to find a romantic partner to fulfill your life? Do you feel empty and incomplete when you are alone? Things like that. It's the really simple questions. And it says if you get more than five yeses that you should look into the program, maybe in that you have this problem. And so I filled it out and I talk about this in the book the first time I filled it out and my number, and I'll just tell you now, it was 38 out of 40. And I was like, shit, I have this. And I got in my car and I was driving on the 101. If you've ever been in Los Angeles, it's traffic all the time, hysterically crying, called my boyfriend I live with. And I said, she's as I'm a sex and love addict. And I get home and he prints up all the meetings in Los Angeles, which at that time there was like five meetings a day. And he highlighted all the ones I could go to. And I found myself on a Wednesday night at 730 deep in the valley at this fluorescent lit church, listening to these 40 people that didn't weren't anything like me, all walks of life, all ethnicities, um, economic backgrounds, you know, an A-list celebrity to a janitor, a social worker, an elementary school teacher, you know, a CEO. And each of them said something I identified with. They didn't have the same story, but it was, you know, things I could identify with. And I started crying and 
I cried because for the first time in my life, I didn't feel so alone or broken that there wasn't anything wrong with me. I just didn't get the tools growing up to have a healthy relationship or what a healthy relationship looked like. And, you know, I come from a background where my parents were miserably married. I never saw them hold hands or say, I love you or even sleep in the same bed. And they got divorced. It was a very tumultuous, tumultuous divorce at 17 So I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. I just didn't see marriage as a great thing. And now I have to tell you, 11 years later, being sober in this, having a career in Hollywood still, um, I was just on show six on history for two years. I've been on tons of, I was just on Lucifer. I had Jarhead, Prom Night, Synchronicity, Casual, True Blood. I've been steadily working And I've been working on this addiction at the same time. And it's doable. Living an amazing life is doable with this addiction. I'm married now. And here's the kicker. I'm married to the same man I was that highlighted those meetings. We've been together for 16 years. So it's not like I got through the program and found my perfect partner, my soulmate, Because guys, I don't, there's no such thing as a soulmate. There is no such thing as someone going to fix you. Nobody is that big enough to fulfill all your needs because here it is. You have to do it. It's self-love. And that is what this program actually is about. It says sex and love. But really the program works on is self-love. That I can look in the mirror now and the person I love the most in this world is staring right back at me. And I have this quote on my mirror, my makeup mirror, and I'm sitting in front of it now. It says, to love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. And before I got sober, I thought finding that person that loves me so much, they I could, you know, they would be there for me through anything, or finding that job that gave me my self-worth, that made me a star, that told me I was good enough is everything. And it was like, no, what I just done for myself the last 11 years and brutal withdrawal, like nine months of crying every morning, telling God, if you need to not make me an actress anymore, take it away. All that is I now can go to my deathbed and know that I've been connected to another person. I have both feet in my relationship and that I love myself so much that no one can take that away from me. And I say this very often, and it kind of makes some people upset, but if my husband left me today, I would be okay. I would be devastated. He's my partner. We you know, have been through thick and thin to, with each other, but he doesn't complete me. He doesn't give me my self-worth. And I couldn't say that before. I couldn't say I was okay just being me. And here's another great thing. I'm a mom now. Like I said, I didn't want to be a mom. It was never my journey. And I am. I have a little son and he doesn't fulfill me either. And I'm there to be his mother and show him right from wrong. But he doesn't make mommy feel better. So if you're struggling out there looking for somebody outside of yourself to make you feel whole and complete, if you you want to read about a sex and love addiction that goes through the first year and really points out like the things that 
need to be fixed within ourselves. Um, pick up my book. It's called Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. It will be entertaining to you. I wrote it for non-addicts so they can be entertained, but also educate about the addiction. And there's a lot of amazing Hollywood stories in there. I've changed every name. You can try to figure out who it is. But, you know, I wrote it to share my experience, strength, and hope with the world because you are not alone. You are not suffering alone. If you go back to that unavailable person, that person that you, you know, you keep cheating on, or you just find yourself stuck in the same relationship over and over again, there is a way out. So I hope you have a beautiful day. And thank you for listening to my story. Again, follow me at the Brianne Davis on Instagram or at Secret Life novel.com where you can get my book a signed copy or go to amazon we are exclusive with amazon right now at secret life of a hollywood sex and love addict until next time for more information on this week's guest visit the episode notes section on mindbizlife.com and if you'd like to share your story with us click on the awaken your soul tab on mindbizlife.com and fill out the submission form Don't forget to share this episode with a friend and be sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. Join me on Wednesday for more life mastery conversations, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.